Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Exodus chapter number 14, verse number 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward, that they go forward. Now go with me to Ruth chapter number 1. Ruth chapter number 1, and I want to pick up reading in verse number 16. Ruth chapter number 1, verse number 16. The Bible said this, And Ruth said, And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, watch this, I will, there's our word, go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, Is this Naomi? Now, Father, I pray that you would help us for just a little while tonight. God, I pray, Lord, that your will and way would be done. I pray, God, that you would help us to remember the things that we've studied, God. And, Father, I pray, Lord, that we'd get wisdom and understanding from your word tonight. God, I pray, Lord, that it just wouldn't be, um, Father, words uttered out of my mouth tonight. But, God, I pray, Lord, that they'd find a lodging place in the hearts of the hearers. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to look at this thought again tonight on moving forward and use these verses here in Ruth chapter number 1 tonight to talk about it. Of course, we looked at several messages out of Exodus chapter number 14 on the thought of going forward or moving forward. And I want to say this, and I've said this many times, but I want to say it again. That is definitely God's will for our life is that we go forward, that we move forward. Um, and, and I want to say this to you. I, I thought about this this week. I, uh, matter of fact, yesterday morning, uh, early yesterday morning, I, I was uh, um, uh, feeding cows for Brother Will, and I was, I was going up the road on the tractor. And um, I, I thought about this right here whenever I was thinking about going forward. These verses came to my mind in Ruth chapter number 1. And here's what I thought about. What would Ruth had missed uh, if she had not have went forward? Well, if she had not of that word go, if she had not of went, what would Ruth have missed? And I want to say this to you tonight. Ruth would have missed out on a lot of... If she hadn't have went, if she hadn't have um, uh, this word go, if that go had not have been in her life, if she hadn't have went, if she hadn't have um, uh, this word go, if that go had not have been in her life, uh, she would have missed out on a lot. You know, uh, Oprah missed out on a whole lot in her life right here in the book of Ruth because after um, uh, just these verses prior to this, we hear about 
Orpah in verse number 14. And they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, and Ruth clave unto her. And you know what? That's it. We don't hear no more about Orpah. She's gone. We hear nothing else about it. And um, um, more than likely, she ends up dying in God's wash pot over there in Moab. She ends up dying there. But Ruth was not interested uh, in, in being complacent. Ruth was not interested uh, in staying where she was at. She was interested uh, in going forward. She was interested in the very best uh, that God had for her life. Now I want to say this to you tonight. God is interested uh, in blessing us with the very best, uh, even more so than we're interested in receiving it. And I say that to you again. God is interested in blessing us with the very best, even more so than we're interested in receiving it. God wants to bless us with the very best. That's what he's interested in for our life. And, and, and hear me and hear me well tonight. You should be interested in the very best for your life also. You should be interested. You know what? If there's something better, then I'm interested in it. I'm interested in it. Brother Matt, when we was talking this week, he said, Preacher, he said, I don't know how to start a young adult ministry. He said, but you know what? I'll go sit down and talk to somebody. I'll read something. We'll figure something out. I'm interested in moving forward is what he was saying with that ministry. And God is interested in us tonight moving forward. God's interested in that. Let me show you two or three things by way of introduction. I see this about Ruth. I see her submission. Uh, I see her submission. Her surrender uh, was so complete that she desired uh, to walk in the footsteps uh, of someone else. Can I say that to you again? Because it probably just went over your head. Her submission tonight, she was so surrendered that she had a desire to walk in the footsteps of someone else. She wasn't even interested in her own footsteps anymore. You know what she said? She said, whether thou goest, I will go. Whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people and thy God my God. She was saying this to Naomi, wherever you lead, then that's where I'll follow. Can I say to you tonight, when it comes us moving forward, there must be a submission from us. We should be so concerned with what God is saying to us and where God is leading us that we're not interested in walking in our own footsteps. We're interested in walking in His footsteps. She was so concerned and so interested in being submissive that she was willing to follow in the steps of somebody else. Watch this. She said, where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Sir said, sir, into the care and keeping of another. When it comes time for us to move forward, church, you know what? We must into the care and keeping of another. When it comes time for us to move forward, church, you know what we must do? We must submit ourselves to God. God, what is it? For, your, for my life that you want. I want to say this to you, and I, I, I say it openly tonight because I, I, I'm not going to hide nothing from you. I say it openly tonight. Brother Heath and I was talking the other day, and I, I said, Brother Heath, I said, don't ask you a question. I said, are you interested in pastoring? 
And here's what I said. I would never hold you back from God's will for your life. I would never want to hold you back. I appreciate what he does as our youth director and our others. Brother Tim and Miss Vicky works diligently with that. And, uh, Brother Aaron and Miss Bethany and Brother Blake and Miss um, 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 Rachel. Did I say Blake? You're not Blake, you're Bailey. Yeah, yeah, those two people right there. All the work that they do, helping with the young people. I appreciate that. And here's what I told him. I said, I want God's best for your life. And here's what he said. He said, preacher, that's what I want. He said, if God opened the door, I'm not going to close that door. I'm submissive to what God wants for my life. And I want to say something to you tonight. When it comes to moving forward, church, there must be submission. I see her submission, but I see her acceptance. I see her acceptance. Think about this. This meant a separation from all her old associates and an acceptance of a people uh, whom she had never known. The God of Moab had done absolutely nothing for her. So you know what she says? She says, I'm willing to accept, not just submit. It's one thing to submit. It's another thing to accept. It's one thing, and, and I know I, I, I've already called him out, so I'll say it again. It's one thing for Brother Heath to say, yeah, I, I'll be submissive to God's will. But then when a church calls and says, we want you to come be our pastor, will we accept? Her submission was one thing, but in moving forward, she not only submitted, she accepted to what God wanted for her life. I see this, her consecration. You know what she said? Whether thou diest, there will I die. You know what? This is the supreme of all of them. She consecrates herself to moving forward in the footsteps of someone else. Let me show you something tonight. Number one, the necessary decision for those who choose to go. The necessary, what did she say? She said, I will go. She said, I will go. You know what the children of Israel had to do that night? They had to make a decision to go. They had to make a decision to move forward. You said, preacher, I'm just I'm fine sitting right here, and well, the church don't need to grow. We just need to maintain. If you're maintaining, you're you're going backwards. Because if all we ever do is maintain, guess what's going to happen? We're a dying church. We're a dying church. Everybody in here is going to die one day. Are you with me? I know you didn't come to hear preaching on dying tonight, but everybody in here is going to die one day, and if all we ever do is maintain, then we are a dying church. It's more than maintaining church. It's moving forward. There's a necessary decision for those who choose to go forward. Oprah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. Oprah said, no, I'll just decide to stay right here where I'm at. I'm fine. There's no need for me to do anything else. But you know what Ruth did? Ruth made a choice that day. There's a necessary decision for those who choose to go. No one made Ruth stay with Naomi. This was her choice. It was her desire to remain with her mother-in-law. There is a decision that we must make. Um, sometimes 
didn't say it this way. Sometimes moving forward is hard. Sometimes moving forward is not always easy. Sometimes when we began to move forward, we have to move our seating arrangement somewhere else. You know what's happening on Sunday morning now? Some that normally sits in one spot is beginning to sit in the choir. You want me to tell you the reason why? So we can have more room. You say, preacher, when am I going to come back down to my normal Sunday morning seat? I hope whenever we build a new church, you'll be able to find a new normal. I hope you never have to come back down out of the choir on a Sunday morning. I hope the church continues to grow and you have to stay here and we have to put more there. It's not always easy when we began to move forward. There's a choice, there's a decision that has to be made. Are we going to move forward or are we going to stay put? I thought about this. You know what else happens whenever you begin to move forward and that decision that you take to go ahead and take that step and move forward? It's not always easy because of this sometimes. I remember, I remember when I first took Amazing Grace Baptist Church. I remember when I first took it. Brother Robert was a deacon. Brother Robert was a trustee. Brother Robert was a treasurer. Brother Robert was a choir leader. Brother Robert was, was, was everything. I mean, he really was. Brother Robert and Miss Christie held the church together. I don't know which one was the bread and which one was the peanut butter. Miss Christie was probably the peanut butter that kept it all together. But they, they was at a point where they had to do everything. They had to do everything. Now, I'm not going to pick on them tonight, but I am going to say this. I'm sure that if you talk to them in the very beginning of the church beginning to go easy, always easy. we've got to make a decision, Lord, whether thou goest, I will go. Whether thou lodgest, Lord, I'm going with you. We've got to make a decision, Lord. Whether thou goest, I will go. Whether thou lodgest, Lord, I'm going with you. There was a decision that she made that day. And boy, that was a decision that would forever change her life. Think about this. Number one, the necessary decision for those who choose to go forward. Number two, I want to say this to you. The new direction for those who choose to go forward. The new direction for those who choose to go. Now, let me just, look what your Bible said in verse 16. For whether thou goest, I will go. Again, she is submitting to walk in the footsteps of someone else. Now, let me make something real clear before I go any further in this point. That does not mean that we're changing our dress. That does not mean that I'm coming to church in blue jeans and a T-shirt to preach. That does not mean that we're moving our wood pulpit. That does not mean that we're making a praise and worship band. That is not what I'm talking about tonight. We, and, and, and I, for the life of me, uh, matter of fact, uh, the other day, Brother Ken and Miss Barbara and, and Miss Leslie and I was talking about this. For the life of me, I do not understand why pastors think today that you have to go that route to draw a crowd. If you'll preach the word, it'll not return void. The old time way is still alive and well, and it still works. It still works. So I'm not talking about that. But I am saying this, 
the new direction. Naomi encouraged Ruth to remain in Moab. But Ruth said, this is my decision to make, and I've decided that I'm going to follow you. Those who choose to go forward must be willing to go wherever he leads. Wherever he leads. I was talking to a gentleman the other day. And uh, we, was, we was conversing back and forth, and he said, Preacher, he said, uh, and, and I'm not going to call his name, but he said, Preacher, he said, man, I'm just excited about what God's doing around the church. And I said, man, I am too. He said, man, I'm just telling you, he said, uh, the past month or so, he said, God's just been stirring our church, and he said, he's been stirring things in my heart, and man, it was just, it was, it was thrilling my soul to hear him talking about that. And here's what he said. He said, preacher, he said, can I ask you a question? I said, why, sure, brother, such and such, which I called him by name. I didn't say such and such. He said, um, you think, you think the Lord had ever let me teach a little bit? You think I could ever teach in, 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 in one of them classes one Sunday, one day? And I said, son, I'm telling you right now, I said, God let you teach. Just sure as I'm standing here, if that's something God's put on your heart and you want to teach one Sunday morning, I guarantee you those teachers would be more than glad to allow you to teach one Sunday morning. And I said, if they're not more than glad to allow you to teach one Sunday morning, you come tell me and I'll pull rank on them and kick them out of the way and let you teach every Sunday morning if that's what you want to do. And you know what? It was one of the most unlikely, if I was to call the name, you would fall over and you're, it was one of the most unlikely people that said that to me. Let me tell you what he was saying. Here's what he was saying. I've made a decision that I want to go forward in my walk with God and that decision may lead in a direction that I may not be comfortable in within myself. You know what? I bet in the back of Ruth's mind as she began to walk towards Bethlehem, I bet in the back of her mind she thought, man, what am I getting myself into? Is it really going to be worth all of this? But you know what she said? Whether thou goest, I will go. I'm just going to make a commitment to you. I'm going to submit my way to your way and I'm going with you. May God help us tonight to decide that we're going in the direction that God wants us to go. Where he leads me, I will follow. The direction was a new direction. It took her a different route. It took her a different route. Um, the direction... A true Christian is one who follows Jesus each and every day of his life. And I can assure you, when you begin to follow Jesus, he will lead you in a new direction. You should not feel comfortable in this world. Amen. You should not feel comfortable in this world. You shouldn't be comfortable around the people of this world. I'm talking about the lost that's on the road to hell that's living a different lifestyle than us. We should not be feel comfortable and be the same as those. When you decide to follow Christ, there is a new direction that he will lead you in. New direction. Brother Randy, did you ever think the first Sunday that you ever sat in the church that on Wednesday nights you'd be teaching a group of kids about the Lord? I didn't either. Miss Dawn, did you ever dream that that would happen? Are you hearing the preacher tonight? There's a new direction. There's a new direction. You know what? 
Uh, Brother Matt and Miss Mandy's going to kick this new ministry off here in a few weeks, and we're going to trust God to grow that, and you know what's going to end up happening before long? They're going to need some more help in that area. Is God going to lead you in that direction? And if he does, will you decide to follow? Think about this. The necessary decision for those who choose to go. The new direction for those who choose to go. But watch this, number three. The necessary devotion of those who choose to go. There is a devotion that is necessary. In other words, you're going to have to be devoted. You're going to have to be devoted to the things of God. What did she say? Here's what she said in verse number 16 and 17. Whether thou lodgest, will I lodge? Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. What is she saying? She said, whether thou diest, will I die? And there will I be buried. Naomi has nothing to offer Ruth, but Ruth desired to follow Naomi. She proclaimed that she would even follow her unto death. She said, whether thou diest, there's where I'm going to die. Whether thou diest, that's what, you know what she was saying? She's saying this, Naomi, whatever it is, wherever it is, I am completely devoted to you. Can I ask you a question tonight? Are you completely devoted to him? There's a necessary devotion tonight. There's a necessary, you know, some people, they come in church, and, and, and I don't mean this ugly. I'm just, I'm just being as honest as I can be. Some people, they come in church, and, 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 and their first Sunday here, I, I, remember, I remember one gentleman, and, and I'm, I'd never call his name, but I remember one gentleman, he came and visited the church, and he came for just three or four weeks, and he told me, he said, uh, can you come see me? I said, well, sure, I'd be glad to come see you. I said, where do you live at? He told me where he lived at. I rode over there one day, and whenever I rode over there, and knocked on the door. I told him when I was coming, and knocked on the door, and walked in and sat down. And whenever I walked in and sat down, he had his Bible sitting there and some books. And I thought, either he's been studying, or I'm fixing to get in a mess. And I'm just being honest with you. And it was the latter. He said, um, I appreciate everything you do. I said, uh, well, I appreciate that. He said, uh, I'm a very learned man in the Bible. I said, well, praise the Lord. I'm, I'm trying to learn more of the Bible. I'm still not a learned man in the Bible. I'm trying to learn more of it, though. He said, I don't need to be sitting on a church bench. He said, you need to have me teach it. And he said, I need to teach the old ones because I'm so learned. That's the ones, I, I've got the meat. I need to teach them. And I said, well, I tell you what, old buddy, you just keep coming and you show me that you can be faithful Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night and that you can be part of the church and you can prove yourself to the church that you're faithful to the house of God and the things of God and you can knock on doors with us and and uh, if we need you down at the nursing home, you can help down there. If we need you over at the jail, you can help over there. Everybody all right tonight? 
you show me you can do all that. And I said, uh, um, we'll see if we can't get you to teach one of the uh, classes one Sunday morning. I ain't seen him since. Boy, he was real devoted, wasn't he? I had another, there's another one visited the church one time. And, and um, um, uh, he said one Sunday afternoon, he said, one Sunday morning, he said, I'd like to take you and your wife out to lunch today and your family. And I said, hey, I'm all about some food. Somebody say amen right there. Uh, Landon's not anymore, but I, I still like food. We went to eat, and while we was eating, he looked at me, and here's what he said. He said, I'll never forget this. He said, um, I was a pastor. And he said, some things has happened now. and uh, Him and his wife had split up, and he wasn't able to preach anymore. I still believe what the Word of God says about that. And, and, and here's what he said. He said, I am very learned in church administration. I know how to run things. And here's what he said. He said, I intend on living the rest of my ministry through you at Amazing Grace. And I looked straight at him. And I said, well, Hoss, I appreciate that. I said, but there's one thing that you need to understand from right now forward. There ain't but one pastor at Amazing Grace Baptist Church. And at this moment of time, his name is Jonathan Barker. And they ain't nobody living their ministry through him. I'm going to live the own ministry, my own ministry that God has called me to live. Well, he ain't here tonight either. So preach what? There's no devotion. You know what happens? Now, I'm just going to get... I'm, come on now, stay with me right here. Here's what happens. We go to youth camp. And I'm all about youth camp. I... I Youth camp changed my life when I was 16 years old when I got saved at youth camp. Youth camp changed my life when I was 18 years old when I surrendered to preach at youth camp. I love youth camp. But here's what happens. You go to youth camp or you go to a meeting somewhere. You have the tent meeting and God settles in for four or five nights. And man, people, they just, boy, they get on fire and they come out of it. And, and, and Brother Ramsey, they're going to turn the world upside down. And for about a month, they do. And then you go. Evidently, the phone number's changed. Or they just have blocked me. Uh, is everybody awake tonight? It, look, watch this. It's okay. The phone number's changed. You can't find them nowhere. But man, they was going to turn the world upside down. Where is our devotion tonight? When we make that decision, when we make that decision, Lord, I'm doing what you have for me to do. Lord, I'm going with you. Whatever it is, wherever it is, Lord, I'm all in. Where are you going to be five years from now? We can hear a challenging message and we need those challenging messages that drives us to the altar and we get up and our direction for our life, we have changed it there. But hear me and hear me well. We must be like her. Whether thou diest, there will I die. She was saying, I'm not turning back. I'm not leaving your side. I'm going all the way with you. 
the necessary devotion for those who go forward. For those who go forward. God help us tonight to be devoted. Where are you going to be 10 years from now? Where are you going to be 5 years from now? Where are you going to be 10 weeks from now? Where are you going to be Sunday morning at 10 o'clock? Notice I didn't say 11, I said 10. Where are you going to be Sunday morning at 10 o'clock? Where are you going to be Sunday night at, 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 or Sunday morning at 11? Where are you going to be Sunday night at 6? Where are you going to be next Wednesday night at 7? A devotion, a devotion is necessary for those who go. Let me show you one more thing. There's the necessary decision, the new direction, the necessary devotion. But then there's the new destination. You, you see, because she decided to go, and that's what we're talking about, is moving forward. Because she decided to go, her destination was something she never dreamed of. Now, there's, there, there, there's a, a, a practical application, a prophetical interpretation, we could, go, we could go a primary application. We could go through all of that right here. We could talk about, we can view it as a picture of a person getting saved and having a new destination of going to heaven, but we can also view this in a practical application. And if you want to talk about that prophetical implication, we're not going to even go there. But in that practical application, I believe we can really talk tonight about this right here. She was able, she made the decision to follow in Moab you want to say it this way, she got saved in Moab and now she's living the victorious Christian life when she gets to Bethlehem. A Canaan land is not a picture of heaven, church. It's a picture of the victorious Christian life. You say, no, it's a picture of heaven. If it's a picture of heaven, there's going to be people die in heaven and there's going to be battles in heaven. Canaan land, there was battles and people dying and there was giants there. It's a picture of those who follow the Lord and live a victorious Christian life. And she ends up in Bethlehem. She ends up in Bethlehem because she made the right decision and stayed devoted to the things of God and allowed God to change her direction. Now look at her destination. Look at the life that she's living. When we get to the end of chapter number 4, when we get to the end of chapter number four, what in the world has happened to Ruth? Let me tell you what's happened to Ruth. Ruth has fell in love with Boaz. And Boaz has fell in love with Ruth. And Boaz ends up redeeming Ruth and Naomi and Oprah. Study me out. And Oprah, I don't know if anybody ever went and told her, boy, what a picture of, of soul winning right there. I don't know if anybody ever went and told her that she, she had all that she could ever want in Bethlehem. But Ruth would have never experienced what she experienced if it had not been for a decision that she made and a devotion that she kept to a new direction that God was leading her in. And now when you come to the end of her life, my soul, what God is doing in the life of Ruth. Why? Come start playing soft if you don't mind.
because she was willing to go. She was willing to move forward. She was willing to get out of her comfort zone. You know the story. She ends up having a baby, and the baby's name is Obed, worship. That's what it means. She learned about worship because she made this decision. But you know what else? When we begin the study and we go over, I'm not going to take time, but we go over to Matthew chapter 1 and we begin to read through the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ, guess who we find over here in Matthew chapter number 1? Let me just see here. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, and from David until the carry away of Babylon are 14. I've got it. Here we go. Here's the genealogy of Christ. Are you with me? Verse 5, Matthew chapter number 1. And Salmon begot Boaz of Rechab, and Boaz begot Obed of Ruth. Three women mentioned in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know who one of them is? That little Moabitish girl from over there in Moab that said, Whether thou goest, I'll go. Whether thou lodgest, I'll lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. My soul, what Ruth is tapped into now, all because she decided to go forward. She didn't decide to stay in her comfort zone. She didn't decide to sit dormant. She didn't say, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to maintain. No, there was a new destination in the life of Ruth because she decided to go. I just wonder. I just wonder. I just wonder what would happen in your life if you said, Lord, Here's all of me. Wherever you lead me, I'll follow. I'm from this night forward, I'm submitting my life and my footsteps to you. Wherever you lead, that's where I'll go. You want me to teach Sunday school then, Lord? (laughs) I I don't know what I'll say, but I'm going to teach. Lord, If they had to split one of them discovery Bible school classes, Bible club classes, and you need somebody to help, then, Lord, I'll be willing to go in there, and I'll be willing to take that new class, and I'll be willing to teach it. Lord, Brother Matt and Miss Mandy need somebody to set up the midnight and be a listening ear to that age group that we're we're losing. I normally go to bed at 9, but, Lord, if if I need to go listen then, Lord, that's what I'm willing to do. Be amazed what God might just do with your life. Might just do with your life. 
Brother Stanett Blue was one of the greatest preachers that I ever met in my lifetime. He's one of the most unique men that I ever met in my lifetime also. Brother Blue got saved and surrendered to preach. Him and Brother Sammy Allen about the same time. They decided to go to Mississippi to Dr. Percy Ray's camp, Camp Zion. And they got down there and, and Brother, Brother Blue told me this story sitting in Claude Love's Barbershop in Roaring River, North Carolina one day. And by the time he was done telling it, uh, that poor old fella in the barber's chair, I don't know what kind of haircut he wanted, but he about got scabbed. Because old Brother Claude got to listening to Brother Blue and everybody else in there did too. And he said, we got down there and they were saying we're supposed to pray all night. And said that Dr. Ray was encouraging men to be men of prayer and to fast and pray and to pray all night. He said, something's going to pray all night around here. You ought to pray all night. He said, me and Brother Sammy, that's what he called him. He said, me and Brother Sammy decided we was going to pray all night together for the first time. It was the first time that they'd ever prayed all night. Brother Blue said that they got in the altar and began to pray. And he said, sometime in the early hours of the morning, he said, Brother Jonathan, I was praying for God to take my life and to use me. And I was asking God to let me do something great for him and to preach the gospel more and to do something great for him. Not for me, but for him. And he said, I felt somebody overshadowing me. He said, you just know that feeling that you get. He said, I just kept praying and he said, Brother Ray, Dr. Ray come instead of laying down directly beside of him, Brother Zeb, he laid down over him, laid down across his back. And he said he whispered in this ear instead of just laying down here or laying down here. He laid down over me. And he said, here's what he prayed. Oh, God, take this young preacher, fill him with the Holy Ghost, and let him touch the world. In Jesus' name, amen. And he said, I was laying there begging God to fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost and let me preach and do something great for him. He said he got done praying, and here's what he said. Son, you got it. Go touch the world. You got it. Go touch the world. And he said he got up off of me and walked away. And that day, when Brother Blue was telling that story, he had literally touched the world through his ministry of preaching faith promise missions meetings and preaching world missions. He had literally, we talked about it. Matter of fact, every two days he prayed across the world. He had the world split up. And early in the morning he'd pray for half of the world this day and half of the world the next day. He prayed for the world every two days. He called every country in the world out. Every two days to God. Every country in the world. You said, Preacher, why did you say that? I said that to say this. If you just submit yourself to God. If we would just put ourselves on the altar. Say, Lord, I don't know what you want. And God, it might just be sitting right here at Amazing Grace. Helping my pastor and holding his arms up 
And God, if that's what it is, then Lord, help me to be the best one that there's ever been at that. Or you know what? It might be, Lord, I remember when Leslie and I, we was working with the young people some at Turner's Creek, but I remember when God put on our heart to go with Rock of Ages. And I thought, man, how can I walk away from this? I touched a few there, and I touched tens of thousands when we went with Rock of Ages. Was it easy all the time? No, but we was walking in someone else's foot. Y'all ready to go home, and I'm ready to start preaching again. 21 voted me in almost 15 years ago. $7,000 in debt and less than $1,000 in the bank. But praise God, we's going to turn Low Gap in Surrey County upside down for God. Has it always been easy? No. Boy, look back across the journey. And I sure am glad that day when I decided to walk in the footsteps of somebody. We had another church in Virginia begging us to come take it. Matter of fact, even after I took this church, they called me again and said, would you consider still coming up here? They had a beautiful parsonage, a new vehicle every two years, a great big salary. But God said, go up there on the side of the hill in Surrey County and just preach what I tell you to preach. And man, looking back over the past, well, amen, over the past 15 years, I sure am glad that I just made a decision that through the good times, and through the bad times, I'm just going to stay with him and what he wants. And look at where she ended up, the destination for those who go forward.